The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Stakes, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell, coast to coast. All right, Pharrell, back on uh, coast to coast. We start hour number two. We always talk fighting. We like to punch people in the face on uh sports grid and mafia likes to punch me sucker punch me when i'm not looking elbow me when i'm playing basketball break my nose step on my feet shot to the uh home plate region uh leg calf kicks uh, achilles scrapes uh he does a cocaine fingernail cut on my arms and face uh, where he lets one of his fingernails grow it's just horrible behavior for a guy getting married uh, let's talk about Dana White. He says it's going to be the biggest fight ever. Is that true? Do you do you buy that? I mean, that's what he's saying. And maybe, you know, everyone sitting at home is going to order this. I, it's going to be interesting how it's in the middle of the afternoon, a lot different from what we're used to. You know, this is right in the middle of the college football schedule. So he may think that, you know, this is going to be the biggest one ever. Of course, people have been waiting for this fight. It's a good card. He's got three top fights right there on the top three of this, uh, you know, this main card here. So, yeah, it's a good card. It's a good fight. It's one we've been waiting for, but the timing's very interesting. I don't know if that's going to affect things. If people are in the middle of the day, you know, watching, you know, these college football games are going to switch over and buy pay-per-view right now. How much is it? I think it's at like 70 bucks, just like all of them. You know, it's just not, they don't get cheaper. They just get more expensive. So sure, that helps out on the numbers as far as how much you make if you just keep charging more for them. But eventually you hit a price point, people are like, ah, I don't know if I want to pay that. So uh, your boy Habib has said he's willing to take down uh, Gaethje a hundred times if that's what it takes. He said he's ready to go all night long and just abuse him. Uh, did you think of he's course. gonna be able to do anything like that? I think he's gonna be doing something like that. I don't know if he's gonna take him down every time he wants to because Gaethje has a good wrestling background. He did that in college, and that was actually, you know, as he said in an interview he did this week, that like his first five fights he ever had, he didn't throw a punch or a kick. Like all he did was wrestle with guys and try to take him down and beat him that way. So he has experience in that, but. 
we know that Khabib's on a different level with that. And he's a guy that doesn't give up easy with that. He's not one of these guys that, you know, if you step his takedown two or three times, you say, all right, what do I do now? I can't do that. No, he's going to keep doing it. And he's going to live and die by the takedown and beating you up on your back. So if you stop him 99 times, he's going to go for number 100 still. So he'll try every time. And it's just if Gachi can stop or not. So tell me about uh, Whitaker's fight on Saturday. This is another big one. It's a big one. He's fighting Cannoneer. Of course, he just came off the win off Teal. Uh, I would tell him, sorry, this is one and two in that division. He wants a shot at Adesanya. Cannoneer wants it too. Uh, Cannoneer is a tough guy. He's going to have actually height advantage. He's going to have like a three or four inch reach advantage. He's got some power in his fist. And I, I'm with Whitaker in the fact that his skill set is definitely better. I think he's better all around as a fighter. The problem is that extra distance that this guy's going to have and the power that he has, I think, can be dangerous to Whitaker. I think Whitaker is the better fighter. I'm leaning towards him. But, you know, if he lets this guy get in there and hit him with some of those power shots or get him to the ground, then it's going to be a big issue for him. But I'm still leaning towards Whitaker because, as he said, he is the better fighter all around. And then that's interesting because then I'm sure that's not the way Dana wants it because then you got to put Whitaker against Adesanya again. And he beat him pretty good the first time. So I don't think they want to go right back to that matchup. But it's a situation that you might find yourself in if he wins this fight. What's the third big fight you're talking about? They also have Volkov versus Harris in the heavyweight division as the, uh, not co-main event, but the third fight. And that's a big one for that division. Those are two guys that are up there in the rankings, two guys looking for title shots. Uh, Harris had kind of a boring fight his last one, just dominating on the ground. So they want these guys to come in there and swing and see who's up next after you get Nagano in there. Wow, it's going to be incredible uh, to see what happens on Saturday. We welcome in our radio affiliate, Sports Grid Radio, Overnights for All on a Bench, Sports Rage, Bagels and Bad Beats. Get the Sports Grid Radio app. It's Gandhi. You're going to love it. It gets all the TV and radio shows on it 24-7. It's badass. Or check out sportsgridradio.com. And get our YouTube page. Subscribe free. You can watch the shows. Just search Sports Grid Radio. I'll see you tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific, on a bench. We're also on Mightier 1090 kicking ass and taking names all over Southern California and San Diego near Tijuana. Do you wanna? Good to have you with us today. All right, Mafia. Um, tell me about Nagano. He's just uh, aggravated at his inactivity. Yeah, he's very unhappy with the way things have gone right now and the fact that, you know, as he said, I fought 16 seconds in the last, like, 18 months. You know, he's been in there. He beat the guy quick, and that was it. That's all he's had because of, you know, he's right in line for the heavyweight title. He's been waiting for that shot, but we had all the battles between of course, uh, Stipe and Cormier. And there was a lot of drama between those guys back and forth on waiting, you know, injuries, things like that. So, you know, we had to wait. He said two years. You've had two times to be the belt being defended. And that's just not enough because all these other guys are fighting, waiting for their chance at the title. And you're making everybody wait because you're not getting that title shot out there enough. So now we have a situation where he talked about, we haven't heard officially, but he's saying that he heard Stipe's out to like March. So that's why they're not having that fight in December like they talked about possibly doing. So now it's another three or four months that we're waiting for the belt to be defended. And for him, it's just not enough because all these guys below them are fighting. These guys are beating themselves up trying to get the shot at the title. But if you're not giving them a shot because no one's there, what are you going to do? So Anderson uh, Spider Silva, it's his last fight that's documented. He says he's done after this, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, probably should have been a couple fights ago. You know, he's kind of hung around a little bit and maybe tarnished the legacy in some people's eyes. It's a tough fight against Hall, too. It's one he should win, but Hall's a tough guy with some power. So if he catches him, it might be a, a very unfitting end to his great career. Uh, Lomachenko uh, is saying that he had all kinds of shoulder problems, two injections leading up to the fight. Then he had surgery after the fight. And then yeah. his manager is complaining about uh, the judge 
Letterman, Julie Letterman, saying that she was on the take and it was completely bogus, the 119-109 that she laid out. Yeah, that score was terrible. I don't agree with that whatsoever. But what I also don't agree with is that's not knowing that he was hurt. I want to bet on him if I knew his right shoulder was shot. Yeah, I mean, they always come out with the excuses after they get their ass beat. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast. Hey, don't take chances with COVID-19 and your family's health. Use the Exergen temporal scanner to check temperatures before dinner and before you leave home in the morning. Exergen takes an accurate reading in seconds and is the number one thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses, clinics, you name it. Stay safe with Exergen. Real quick sidebar there on Exergen. Uh, I was at a place today where they take your temperature at the gym, and the chick said to me, uh, your body temperature is low. And I said, it wouldn't have been if you would have used Exergen. And then the girl looked at me and was like, you're creepy. Get away from me, old man. And I was like, mind your own business. And then my body temperature shot back up and I was normal. Thank God for exergen. All right, Carver High, are we ready to go uh, pain day style now here on C2C? Yes, midweek pain day. We start to look ahead to the games that are going to be coming up this week. Uh, Before we do, Scotty, a little bit of breaking news, I guess you could say in the last hour or so. And that is Adam Schefter, ESPN, reporting that when Antonio Brown gets reinstated after week eight, that the Seahawks, we've heard Seahawks and Antonio Brown forever. Sounds like the Seahawks would be at the front of the line, but other teams would be there too. Looks like Brown's going to play again this year, Scotty, after this uh, eight uh, eight week suspension, I guess you could say, is up. Look, they already are loaded. I love Metcalf. Lockett, they have a great quarterback that's in the lead, many believe, for the MVP. And, I mean, they have it all going on this team. Can you even fathom if they add that guy, Brown, his skills and services to that offense? Look, he's better than uh, Metcalf and Lockett combined. Uh, And I mean it. Like, he's better than both of them combined. I think he's that good. Remember, when he came back for one game with uh, the Patriots and Tom Brady, he scored within five minutes. Five minutes. First came back, five minutes. He was in the end zone. That's how good he is. He's an incredible head case player. There's no doubt he's got 
issues upstairs. The lights are on. Nobody's home. He's completely nuts. He's a, a freak show. He's like TMZ's favorite child. They love him. Uh, he's a wacko. But on Sundays, when they kick off and play 60 Minutes, that guy means business. He is awesome. There's no getting around it. Uh, I loved him on the Steelers, and he's a, an absolutely badass receiver. I think that puts Seattle over the top if they sign him. I think they'll be in the NFC Championship game with him. If he's healthy, forget about it. No one can stop him. We'll see if A.B. gets back in the mix in a couple of weeks. Giants and Eagles, Scotty, gets week seven going tomorrow night. Of course, the NFC East teams have all been kind of tripping over themselves here through the first few weeks. Giants have played better, uh, got their first win against Washington on Sunday. Eagles uh, just came up short against the Ravens. Doug Peterson, I did not know this, Scotty, 5-0. and on Thursday nights, since he has become the Eagle head coach, let's first listen to Carson Wentz. He knows how big this is in the grand scheme of the NFC East. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we know where the division's at. You know, we know it's it's wide open still, and um, we know we didn't start, and we don't have the record that we were hoping for or, you know, counting on, but uh, we know that uh, it's a divisional game, and divisional games always have a, a little bit more uh, on the line, not just because there's a little extra rivalry there, but um, because we know what's at stake, and we know the division is up for grabs for everybody. So uh, we know what's, what's riding on this one, and we're excited for it. Look, when that line was at uh, six and a half, I kind of liked the Giants uh, with that number when it first came out, and now it's moved to whatever, four and a half. I think yesterday it was even at three and a half is what I saw. So I think that's what Mafia was telling me. I just think the Eagles will win the game. But with all of their injuries and problems, but they are getting uh, Deshaun Jackson back, who plays about one or two games a year for the last 10 years. I think he's worthless. I mean, I just don't want a guy that never plays, ever. He's always injured. He's always got hamstring and leg problems. There's no denying the guy was great. You heard me, was. He was great. And I think he's capable of making big plays. But I know for a fact he's not capable of staying on the football field. That guy gets injured more than anyone I've ever seen in sports. Uh, is, is it not accurate that he's being a brittle? So, look, the Eagles are massively banged up. Like, half their team is out. So that's why I think the Giants are going to make a game of it. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think that number's really dangerous, four and a half. Uh, I think three and a half is dangerous. I thought six and a half, I was all over the Giants. At three and a half, I did the Eagles. At four and a half, I'm willing to lean back to the Giants. I hope I'm not making you confused, but I think that number is dangerous. I'm with you. I think the Giants getting points tomorrow night. They could be in the mix here, Scotty. If Jones doesn't make mistakes, and and that's the thing. Every week he has that one huge interception. It almost cost him last week. It cost him the week before in Dallas. Let's see if Jones can maybe play well, and I like the Giants getting that four and a half as well. Eagles, by the way, minus 34. That gives them the best point differential in the NFC East. It should be fun to see who wins that thing. Let's go to the Steelers now, to uh, Scotty. Mike Tomlin, and he's facing the Titans on Sunday. He is excited to have his team in the big spotlight. Two undefeated teams. Here's Tomlin, Scotty. This is a group that has an appetite um, for the big moment. Uh, they're capable of delivering it in the big moment. They complement their offense extremely well in that way. Their offense does an awesome job of taking care of the ball. Uh, so that, in a nutshell, is kind of our challenge this week. Uh, we respect it. We were playing them in their home venue. 
Um, we're, we're humbled and excited to be in these five-star matchups, man. Um, and we, we will show that appreciation by, by how we prepare and hopefully ultimately, ultimately by how we play uh, as we move into the weekend. I think this game comes down to, uh, frankly, because uh, I know the Steelers can, uh, in my opinion, stop Henry. I mean, their defense is no joke. So they're not going to let that guy run for 212 yards. I guarantee you that. And then I think the key to the game is what the Titans are able to do defensively against uh, Roethlisberger and the Steelers receivers and uh, James Conner, who's been averaging a buck a week. So as we made fun of James Conner being soft, uh, he's bounced back and been great for the Steelers over the last four weeks, and he's been carrying the load. And Roethlisberger throws it to whoever he wants. I mean, this guy's slinging it, like, all over the field. And if the Titans can't stop Roethlisberger from throwing all those passes and completions and first downs and slants and everything and outs, uh, this guy does everything. I mean, the Steelers look so different this year with him back healthy. It's not even funny. This game to me comes down to can the Titans stop Ben Roethlisberger? Nothing else. Because I guarantee you the Steelers are going to uh, put Tannehill on his ass and they're going to stop Henry. I love listening to Mike Tomlin talk, Scotty. I got to tell you, he's got a career as a motivational speaker. When he gets done coaching in the NFL, like he just, when you listen to him, you could just tell that probably when he does that in the locker room in front of all the guys, it just gets him so jacked up. Uh, Let's go to the Browns now, who got absolutely whacked by the Steelers last Sunday. But that does not stop, Scotty, cornerback Denzel Ward from saying the Browns are just as good as the Steelers and the Ravens in the AFC North. Here is Ward. No, I don't, I don't believe that they're necessarily on a different level. It's things that you got to get better at and work on. Uh, missed some opportunities yesterday, and uh, I don't think the final score was a tell of uh, how the game went. Like I said, we could let some things get away from us, but uh, we could definitely compete with these teams, compete with whoever in the league, and uh, just things we got to work on. Bro, you are tripping. Honestly. I mean, you are absolutely tripping. Things got away from They got their ass beat. What, what is he like? What is he on? I mean, your boy is just absolutely freaking out. They got served. They got blown out. They got humiliated. And then enough that Mayfield is upset and OBJ is now angry saying he's sick and tired of the losing. Meanwhile, they were what four and one, whatever it was going into the game. Uh, you know, they look fantastic going into the game. Everybody thought the Browns were world beaters, but per usual, per usual, Ben Roethlisberger owns the Cleveland Browns like no quarterback owns a team in any other division in the NFL. He has the greatest record against the Browns of any quarterback against any team anywhere. I could put it up against any number. I guarantee you Roethlisberger has more wins. And the Browns do have a good shot, Scotty, where they are. Despite the loss last week, they have a very favorable schedule. That's a win. That's a win. I know they still play the NFC East. They play all those awful teams in the NFC East. They play Jacksonville. Have a lot of winnable games on the schedule, Scotty. I do not guarantee anything in Payne Day NFL. Looking at schedules is a joke. Bagels and bad beats. Forget about being a game out of first place. We don't care about any of that stuff. Forget about being a half a game out of the final playoff spot. Let's throw Tua in now. Despite the players loving Fitzpatrick. The Sports Grid Network. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Uh, Tampa? <laughs> tell me. Tell, why don't you just tell me who you think's going to win, Scott? Just, why don't you just... <laughs> I actually did pretty Honestly. well. I won in the MLS last night. That's my new league. I love MLS soccer. Thank you, Nashville. What a 3-0 win betting, over uh, FC Dallas. Yes, I've hit are rock bottom. On those, uh, are you betting on those European teams you just rattled off? Are you betting those games, too? What, Mönchengladbach? Yeah, no, I didn't have them yeah. today, but I <laughs> I actually pushed on Ajax Liverpool, plus one. They lost one, nothing. One with Man City. They covered. Who else did I take today? Some other Turkey team. Oh, yeah, Atalanta. Not the Falcons, but Atal- Atalanta, the Italian team. They got it done. And the other Turkeys, Atletico uh, Madrid, they stink. Bayern Munich kicked them. I thought two goals was enough. It wasn't. I watched a game the other night at that Atalanta Stadium uh, where the Italian team was playing the Netherlands in, in that UEFA Nations Cup or whatever they call it. It was pathetic. All right, uh, Cam, great stuff. Cam Stewart, everybody in Toronto. He's on uh, Game Time Decisions coming up top of the hour. Have a good one, Cam. All right, uh, we were at the Ravens. Uh, they're 5-1. and one, And, you know, the last two times they've been 5-1, and one, uh, you know what happened, Carver High? I do know what happened. I believe they go to the Super Bowl, Scotty. Isn't that right? Um, look, and they win I, it. I don't, and they win it. Uh, not this year, I don't believe. I don't think that this is the year that's going to happen for them. There's a lot of good competition in the AFC right now. Uh, I don't think they're the team that comes out on top. But you never know. Stranger things have happened. Another team that might not be there this year is the New England Patriots, Scotty. Off to a two and three start under 500 in the month of October for the first time since 2002. Bill Belichick gets to see one of his old friends, Jimmy Garoppolo, this Sunday when the Niners come to town. He, of course, reluctantly traded Garoppolo there a few years ago because Tom uh, Brady cried and didn't want Jimmy G around the locker room anymore. Here is Bill Belichick, Scotty, glowing about Jimmy G. Yeah, well, I think we all know Jimmy's, you know, a quality player can. Do all the things that a, a good quarterback needs to do. Um, you know, led the 49ers the NFC Championship last year. Uh, you know, that's really, you know, we saw a little bit of him at the end of the year last year uh, in preparation for this game. And, and uh, of course, the 2020 games that, that he's played in. So, you know, I don't think there's any question about his skill level and, and 
and what he's been able to accomplish and what their team's been able to accomplish. So uh, we'll, we'll be ready for his best. I'm sure we'll get it. And he's got, got a lot of, does a lot of things well. <laughs> uh, 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 sorry. And no, really, honestly, like just like sometimes I just put those in there just to see how monotonous he is and how painful yeah. he is when he when they ask him questions and he just oh it's just torture. And and, and like I always say, I mean, you talk about the opposite of Mike Tomlin. We were we were gushing about Mike Tomlin last segment. That is the opposite right? when you listen to Bill Belichick in those interviews. But he is good in those spots, like when he does those you know thirty for thirties in the middle of the summer when he's got nothing else to do and he starts talking football. I usually find him very engaging in that. But man, these press conferences, he's tough to listen to. Let's go to the Lions now, Scotty. Matt Patricia a former Belichick disciple. He's glad that his team played defense last week, and he hopes that they play defense again against Atlanta on Sunday. Here's Matt. We certainly try to, you know, make sure that we, um, you know, we put an emphasis on building from one week to the next, uh, but we do understand that the opponents are different and uh, everything that they do uh, may not transcend one week to the next. Atlanta's got phenomenal players. They've, you know, it starts with a quarterback. Obviously, he's great. Julio Jones, I mean, you know, he's one of the best in the league. Ridley is obviously phenomenal. So, uh, you know, it's another big challenge for us. They obviously had a, you know, huge game yesterday, very explosive game. And, um, you know, that'll be a, a whole different challenge for us this week. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can just go out, put a good week of practice together and, and go out and play well next Sunday. Look, I mean, they're playing better. There's no doubt, right? And if, if they keep playing that way and winning, I think the guy will, believe it or not, keep his job. Well, I think he's going to lose this week. I like the Falcons, Scotty. Back-to-back weeks for the Falcons. Let's go. I'm back on the, right? the bandwagon here. That's right. Uh, no road wins for the Lions here two weeks in a row. Matt LaFleur and the Packers, they do not want to lose two weeks in a row either, Scotty. They are at Houston after the loss to Tampa Bay. LaFleur says we cannot let that loss hang over our heads. We got to go out and win. Here's LaFleur. I think anytime you get – punched in the mouth like that and, and really beaten handily um, in all three phases. You've got to be critical of yourself and, and learn from your mistakes. And the big thing that we, we cannot allow this loss to lead into a bad performance versus a really talented Houston Texan team. So you just can't allow one loss to become two. I just have this uh, sneaking suspicion. I know everyone and their brothers on the Packers to, you know, bounce back and and win this game uh, in Houston. And I think the Texans have been playing really good ball all of a sudden the last couple of weeks. I think they're going to give the Packers problems on Sunday. I think they can actually knock them off. I'm with you. I think a lot of dogs are going to be barking uh, this weekend, Scotty. And that includes, for me, the 5-1 and one Chicago Bears on Monday night in L.A. against the Rams. What? That's right. I like the Bears on Monday night to win outright, Scotty, just so you know. But here is Coach Matt wow. Nagy, who says, despite the fact that our offense still sucks, we are winning football games. Here's <sighs> Nagy. We're 5-1 and one right now, and uh, uh, we're not playing well offensively. So when we do get this thing up and running, which we will, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so that that's the goal. We know, we understand where our warts are on offense and we get that and we're going to keep working on it. Um, but we're going to, we're going to continue to stay positive as we do this uh, be, be because of uh, where we know we're at and where we're going. 
Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, do you think you'll watch that game uh, after the amount of booze you're going to drink at the Cape Cod Open that you'll be available to watch the Sunday night game, or will you be licking a pillow somewhere? No, I will be fine uh, by Monday, believe me. I'm going to be fine by Sunday. Just got a couple rounds of golf to play and then back home. Uh, nothing crazy. It's tradition, 50th anniversary. We're going to hold it down. Uh, by the way, I've played, that same exact, I've played that same exact naggy cut three weeks in a row. He just changes the record of the team. Uh, his offense has been <laughs> awful for weeks. And he, sa- he says the same exact thing every single week. Let's go to Riverboat Ron and the Washington football team. They are learning how to win, Scotty. That's why he tried going for two at the end of that game. He's got the Cowboys coming to his house on Sunday, which means his team is actually going to score some points. Here is Riverboat Ron. Well, we are making progress. I don't know if we have all the pieces. I, 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 I do think we, we have some guys that you know, have, are more incapable of, uh, of winning, and, and it's a matter of having enough of those guys. It's also, uh, in my opinion, a matter of having the mentality of understanding what it takes to win, what do you have to do to win, how do you have to play to win. I mean, those things are things that we're trying to instill in our players so they understand, and, and, and I think that we are still teaching that, and hopefully our guys are still learning that. Listen, I think the Cowboys are as bad as Washington. So, uh, you know, they're playing at FedEx. Uh, I thought, you know, they came back against the Giants. I think Allen has a shot to win this game. The Cowboys allowed 36 points a game. They gave up 38 to Arizona. Everyone peels back and scores on Dallas. I think Allen's going to score on them. I think they're going to beat them. I think Dallas is awful. And people just keep betting on Dallas because they get uh, caught up in the Dallas Cowboys and America's team and the star and all this other nonsense. All I have to do is think of Andy Dalton, and I'm running the other way. It's simple. I'm not a buyer in, in that team at all. Their defense sucks. Their quarterback sucks. The whole, their coaching staff sucks. I mean, what more do you need to see? Uh, the the proof's in the pudding. The Cowboys and the Jets, Scotty, the only two teams in the league 0-6 against the spread so far this year. I hope they make it 0-7 against the Washington football team on Sunday. And they will probably be called that next year. Pretty good chance, they say, Scotty, that the Washington football team is the name again next year. Randy Gregory is going to come off the exempt list. He's eligible eligible to play for the Cowboys. I don't know if that solves all their problems, though, on defense. They need a lot more than him. Brian Flores this morning, Miami Dolphins coach, says that the move to Tua, Scotty, is the right thing to do right now. I don't know if you saw the Fitzpatrick comments either. He was pretty broken up about it, uh, said, you know, I felt like this is my team. You know, I really didn't think they should make the decision right now. Uh, Sounds like Fitzpatrick was a little upset by it, Scotty. Well, I mean, I just want to hear your uh, thoughts. You you gave on Pharrell on a bench last night about why you think it's the right time, because it doesn't matter if I say uh, they should wait two more weeks or uh, till they uh, were, you know, not a half game out of a playoff spot to let the kid play. uh, Or if I thought he should have gone in in week two or three, uh, because no one agrees on anything. Give him your feelings on it. I thought that made the most sense to me. I just feel like Flores sat there at the beginning of the season and he said, I'm going to find a spot to play this kid. And if I see the rest of the team get to a level where I know that they're going to be able to support him and that I can put him in there and, and be confident. The defense is playing really well the last few weeks. The offensive line is playing well. The skill position players are playing well. This is the time to do it. And there's only so high you can go with Fitzpatrick, right? You know what his ceiling is. 
This is about it, what he's doing right now. If you put the kid in with how well the team is playing, there's a chance that it could go higher than that and they can be even better. And if it's not, then he gets some good experience, right, Scotty? And then he's ready to go next year after playing in nine or ten NFL games. I think that that's what the Dolphins are doing here with Flores. Look, the way things are uh, playing out with the Bills, uh, recent slide, uh, the Pats slide, the way the Dolphins are playing, I'm sorry. I stick with the guy until we're out of it, and then I let the kid play the rest of the games. I believe Fitzmagic was doing great things with this team, and I think they were a possible playoff team, and now I don't believe that kid's taking them to the playoffs at all. I really don't. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, you know, these are really uncertain times, but what is certain is that every family needs a reliable thermometer. You got to have one. Protect your family with Exergen Temporal Scanner, the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, physicians, clinics. Everybody knows Exergen rules. Stay safe with Exergen and keep your family safe as well. Check those temps in the morning and at nighttime, son. Don't be coming to the dinner table unless you're clean, son. Watch those hands. Check the temperature, exergen style. All right, Dave Grubb is our good friend, of course, with um, SB Nation, Hard in the Paint podcast, DM Grubb on Twitter. Uh, hey, Dave, good to see you again down in the bayou uh, in New Orleans. I have to ask you, uh, first of all, uh, what did you think when uh, you initially heard that they were talking to Stan Van Gundy about this job when you had all the names like, you know, I know they wanted Ty Lue. That was uh, David's former guy that won a championship with him in Cleveland. Then you had Jason Kidd, and the list goes on and on. When you heard all of a sudden that Stan Van Gundy was in the picture, what did you think? This is prior to them, you know, actually hiring him today. What was your initial reaction when you heard that they were talking to him? We were surprised. The general consensus amongst us at the Bird Rights and the, and the folks who cover the Pelicans, we're a bit surprised because if you look at Griffin's track record, he had hired first-time coaches. David Blatt was a first-time NBA coach. Ty Lue was getting his first head coaching job when he moved up into the big chair in Cleveland. So I was a bit surprised that Van Gundy's name had entered into the picture, especially considering how much power he had in Detroit. Now, he didn't want that power coming to New Orleans, but it, it seemed like Griffin's pattern had been find a new guy, um, one of these up and comers. And there were certainly an abundance of them on the market this year of, of, of young coaching candidates. But instead, he goes with somebody with a proven track record. And I think what that says to me is they understand that they are facing a similar situation to what you had when you when they drafted Anthony Davis. They can't wait three, four five years to build something around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. They have to do it now, and they want to reduce that margin for error as much as they conceivably can. So they, when they hired him, 
uh, today. What was your reaction? Because, you know, at, at first I was like on the show, uh, I said, oh, really? Stan Van Gundy? Is that where they're going to go? And then today they hire him and I'm actually sitting here going, I can't believe that, that, that that's where they went. It, it, I had mixed emotions about it because I, I really um, the thing that I looked for throughout this process was more characteristics than um, necessarily names. But as we got into this, once he was named, you start going back into his record. You look at some of the things that he's done, the way he uses offense and defense. There's actually a really good fit schematically in the abstract. I don't know how it's going to work in reality, and that's the whole beauty of professional sports. We'll see how it applies. But what he did in Orlando in creating a a very uh, pace and space type team around Dwight Howard. Um, And then, you know, of course, in Miami, cultivating a young Dwayne Wade, uh, J.J. Redick, who is with the Pelicans currently, um, uh, Stan Van Gundy basically saved his career. He was middling and almost on the verge of leaving the league before Van Gundy really put his faith in him. So we know that they're going to play defense. You know they're going to be disciplined. And I think the two biggest things that were missing from New Orleans last year, quite frankly, were defense and accountability. And you know they're going to be accountable. The question to me is the personality match. Is Stan Van Gundy going to be the guy who relates and communicates well? And I'm not talking about his age. I'm just talking about his personality because we know in Miami he rubbed Shaq the wrong way. We know that in Orlando he and Dwight Howard didn't get along. We know that there were some iffy situations in Detroit. Um, so can he assemble a staff that's going to that's gonna do a great job of communicating his message? Does he keep any of the current Pelican staff who worked well with these young players? Those are big questions for me. Um, but as far as basketball acumen and the ability uh, to win, the guy has nine playoff series wins. In the entire, if you add up every coach the Pelicans have had in their history, in their careers, they have a total of 12. So this is a big step up just as far as pedigree for the New Orleans Pelicans. So uh, David Grubb with us. Uh, I have to say the guys that you mentioned, like Howard and Shaq, I mean, let's face facts. Those guys are prima donnas. Uh, so they're not going to listen to him or anybody. Uh, the, Dwight Howard notoriously, uh, he didn't even get along with teammates, let alone coaches. And Shaq. He was so dominant, even from the jump in his career, at dominating the game. He wasn't going to listen to anybody except his thunderous dunks on people's faces. So I don't put any stock in that talk about he couldn't handle those two. Those two wouldn't listen to him if he was their father. So um, I have to say, I'm going to just bring this up. Look, I think Stan can coach. There's no question. But how do you not, like – Ty Lue was available. He won a championship with David. A lot of people thought, you know, I thought the Clippers have to to hire this guy. I wouldn't want the Rocket job. I said, but I would want the Pelican job because Ty Lue could coach Zion and Brandon and all those young studs they got and young horses. And I cannot believe they didn't uh, hire him when they had the chance. Uh, there's got to be somebody down there to start saying, uh, bringing up race. Uh, for, you know, for me with Ty Lu, Jason Kidd, I'd rather have both of them than Stan Van Gundy with young kids uh, that are that can relate to those brothers. I don't Stan Van Gundy relates to his own brother and no one else. Well, Stan has been very active on social media and speaking directly about social justice causes and, um, and uh, being firmly anti-racism. So I will give him credit in that. And that has actually endeared him. The reaction in New Orleans 
it's it's been a lot like eh, and then now people are starting to build some momentum for it um because they did like him as a person they do like the way his, his social media stand a lot of people didn't like him as a commentator doing games they felt like he was annoying um but i i wasn't on that particular thing but yeah i think the communication thing is going to be the biggest bridge you have to be able to have somebody who not only can be the hard hand on your butt but also give you the pat on the back when you need it and we have to remember a lot of these young lakers transplants um are guys that have are basically now on their fourth coach in five years you know, going from their college years to having a Luke Walton to going to Alvin Gentry and now to a So it's just this is a lot of change for them. So you want to see if there's some consistency because you did have members of this Pelican staff under Alvin Gentry who were responsible, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways of correcting Lonzo Ball shooting and making Brandon Ingram the most improved player in the NBA. Do you want to completely dismantle that? I mean, there have been some talks about Emma Udoka joining the staff, um, uh, which – he was one of my favorite candidates for the head coaching job outside of the big names. So it's it's going to it's going to be it's going to be very important for Stan to establish that this staff is also reflective of the city of New Orleans um, and takes on that that mentality. And I think that there's never been since Chris Paul left, there has not been an identity for this franchise. And that's what Stan Van Gundy is being tasked to do in really a very short time. This is not an easy task in a very difficult Western Conference where legitimately I would say 14 of the 15 teams are going to talk themselves into being playoff contenders. I think they're going to keep Redick now for sure because of Stan, and I think that's a, a really smart move. And I think they're obviously going to give Brandon Ingram everything he wants. I guess the question I have for you is what are they going to do with uh, Ball? Stan, in previous comments, he says he loves Lonzo Ball um, because he says, look, you got a guy who's 6'7". He can shoot the spot up three. I mean, the catch and shoot three. Last year, he was over 40% on catch and shoots and um, shot 38% for the season. What he doesn't think Lonzo is is a half-court point guard. And he had an interview with Zach Lowe where he really talked about offensively what he'd like to see is in transition, Lonzo letting the ball go, you know, doing that thing where he pushes it up court. But in the half court, being more of an off-the-ball guy who does catch and shoot, moves the ball rather than playing as a point guard. So he kind of sees him as a hybrid. I think he wants to keep Lonzo. He's been high on Lonzo, particularly because of that connection with Zion. Uh, Lonzo and Zion got along from day one. And I think that you don't want to do anything that upsets Zion initially. You have an entire year to decide on Lonzo. If it's not going well by the all-star break, you know, or, or by the trade deadline, then I think we, we absolutely would be talking about a move. But initially, I think the Pelicans, this means that they will not be major players this offseason. Drew Holiday won't be going anywhere. I, I can't imagine, like you said, J.J. Redick won't be going anywhere. I think there's going to be some stability, and I think that, um, you know, Van Gundy has identified the four key members of this group, Holiday, Ball, Ingram, and uh, Zion Williamson as the core that he wants to build around. Let me ask you about uh, LSU. What the hell is going on in Baton Rouge? Honestly, I think what happened today with the football program is a preemptive strike to try to mitigate what's coming ahead for the basketball program. Because you look at those charges for the football program, most of those go back to uh, Les Miles' time at LSU. You had one improper contact for um, 
for Ed Orgeron, but this stuff was a booster who used funds to pay for a kid who back in 2017 under less miles, you have uh, some uh, other improper activities, level one violations, but none that are critically serious. But I absolutely think that this is LSU trying to protect itself from basketball problems. And the hammer is coming in one way or another for Will Wade in the basketball program. And LSU's trying to avoid a huge postseason ban. The football program is going to be fine with a few less scholarships. It's going to be fine with a few less visits. This is LSU. They're a national program. They can weather that storm. But I think this is they're trying to make a trade-off because I really believe Will Wade and Joe Oliva, when he left LSU, said that that was the worst hire he made in his career. I really think there's a lot of fear about what's going to happen there. And it's easier to shave some some stuff off of the football program now um, than, than possibly have, you know, a complete – I mean, this the stuff that the basketball program faces could be, uh, you know, almost death penalty worthy. I mean, Dale Brown, can you imagine, like, uh, what would be going through that guy's head right now uh, with everything that's gone on with that school? I got to tell you, they're going to keep OBJ out of there like uh, Reggie Bush at USC. They banned him for two years. Uh, do you think he even cares? No. I mean, look, Odell Beckham Jr. got to be on the sideline when his alma mater won a national championship. And for two grand, he doesn't have to go back to Baton Rouge for two years. He's okay. He'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like Chris Webber just did, what, 20 years away from the University of Michigan? So Odell Beckham can do two away from LSU, and he'll he'll be – I'm sure this is on the things that – look, Odell thinks he's impervious to COVID. So if he's able to stay – if COVID can keep it out of his body, he's not worried about a two-year ban from Baton Rouge. All right, real quick, uh, 30 seconds. Michael Thomas is getting out of uh, Saints Federal Prison. He's going to be back playing now? Absolutely. Um, and from everything that I know, I just had a great conversation with um, some folks who are in the know with, with the franchise. Mike Thomas, this is blown, was blown out of proportion. This is a guy who's very passionate. They expect him back on the field. And this is the best receiver in the NFL. He's going to do big things this weekend. Do you think that they're going to uh, lose that division to the Buccaneers? Yes. The Saints defense is <laughs> abysmal, and it's not – going to get any better um, over the course of the season. I just don't think it is. You have just too many problems in that secondary, the penalties, the big plays, and the schedule is just going to get harder over the next four or five weeks. And I think that's going to leave the Saints with a deficit that they won't overcome. All right, Dave. Uh, great stuff. Always good to see you, brother. Uh, David Grubb, SB Nation, and, of course, Hard in the Paint podcast. Thanks, Dave. Good to see you, brother. We'll catch up again real soon, my man. Take care of everything down on Bourbon Street for me. <laughs> I'm still social distancing, but thank you, my man. <laughs> All right, there is David Grubb with us from SB Nation. We'll come back and keep talking NFL pain day and more on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast. Raiders lineman Trent Brown placed on the COVID list. They sent the rest of the offensive linemen home for the day as well. Mariota's close to a return for the Raiders. Also, Tillman Fertitta, Rockets owner, says there's no reason to blow up the Rockets. They can win with Harden and Westbrook. You mean like they have been winning? Like not in the postseason, though, right? 
Okay. Former St. Joe standout and NBA All-Star Jameer Nelson hired by the Sixers. I think he's going to run the G League team. How about this one? The Blackhawks sent a message to their fans that they're rebuilding, but they never told Kane, Taves, Keith, or Seabrook. And I saw an article today in the Chicago Sun Times, or rather the Tribune, saying they should trade all of them so they could win. Oh, you mean like the three Stanley Cups that they already won? So now we got to trade them all to winners so they can win some more Stanley Cups to make who happy? The Chicago Tribune? I mean, you got to be kidding me. They haven't won enough for you. Maybe they could stick around and help the young kids uh, learn how to win. How's that for an idea? Todd Bertuzzi, former player, apologized to the media for being a D his entire career to the media. Uh, there you go. I love that. Uh, Luis uh, Capusano, the Padres arrested in Georgia, accused of felony marijuana possession. Is there such a thing? <laughs> you get It's a felony now to have a little K-Funk on you? Jesus, where do you live? Honestly, who cares if the guy has weed on him? Michigan State's Luke Fulton, Charles uh, Wilkes suspended for assault charges. Penn State's Pat Chambers just uh, resigned. He's done as basketball coach at Penn State. Uh, Miley Cyrus coming out with a Metallica cover album. She's going to play all Metallica covers. And then how about this? A woman woke up to a 12-foot python eating her. That is awesome. What could be better than waking up next to a 12-foot python that has half of your body rammed down its throat? That is absolutely kick-ass. I would love to see the lady be eaten by the snake. I do not like snakes. Snakes steve me. I want no part of snakes, copperheads, rattlers, or anything. But I want to see a chick get eaten by one. See you tonight on a bench. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.